Welcome to the Sold Out Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Michelle Schaefer. I am a two-time author who's built a seven-figure income in network marketing. I went from teen mom to millionaire. My passion is helping you to move your life forward with strategies for personal and spiritual development and teaching you how to design a life of freedom. I'll give you all the goods from the heart, raw and real. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hi there, and welcome back to the podcast. It's good to be back. I haven't recorded in almost a month. So just to give you all a little update, um, I record my podcast in my office, in my home, and my office is open to the rest of the house. I don't have doors or anything. I do not have an official studio, quote unquote. I've made my desk my studio here. So conditions have to be kind of perfect when I record a podcast, and I certainly can't have a house full of people or things going on. Well, uh, just to get back to the update, I have had a house full of people and things going on basically for the last, um, in the entire month of June, I'd say. So it's been very, it was very difficult to get into my office and have some quiet time to, uh, to get over here and record a podcast. So I have a couple of hours today that uh, my house is going to be quiet. So I may just record a couple podcasts back to back to get caught up because Lord knows there has been a lot going on over here and I have a lot to share with you guys. So some interesting stuff has, has happened. Um, and I'm going to share something with you today that I'm excited about sharing. I think it's a really, um, I think it's a really good message for not just me to have learned, but to, for a lot of people to learn. I feel like it's very, um, relevant right now at this particular time in our history. And, um, I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to share it in a way that it does not sound prejudicial or judgy in any way, because it's not my, the message today is not, it's actually the opposite of that. I want to talk today about freedom and, and removing oppression from our ways of thinking and the way that we interact with other people. And really the whole message today is going to be wrapped around this verse in the Bible, um, which is from, I'm going to read it out of the NIV uh, translation of the Bible. And it's the Galatians, the book of Galatians chapter five. I'm going to read here from, from verse one. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. It's for freedom that he has set us free. So, so stand firm. It's interesting that in that verse, he, Paul's telling us that Christ has set us free so that we can actually be free, to live in that freedom. And it, and it's what was the reason? So that we can be free. <laughs> he set us free so that we can be free. And he says, stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So what does that tell me today? That tells me that it's actually harder to stand in freedom than it is to revert back to old ways, old ways of thinking, old patterns of uh, oppression. And in this version of the Bible, they're using the word slavery. And so I have been gifted with a number of opportunities in my life to be allowed the ability to not judge. I mean, God has allowed so many things and people and situations and circumstances to have come up in my own personal life that that really have taught me the value of not being judgy, 
to people because, and, and just to, to offer grace and grace and grace. And I really stand in that and I feel it. I feel the freedom and I feel the ability to, to be less judgy, more graceful. And so here's a couple things that I wrote down in my notes for this pause, for this particular podcast, being less judgmental, being more full of grace, being uh, more generous, showing more generosity, living in more peace, showing more peace, having less worry and fear, engaging in more prayer. And, you know, all of these things are just some of the stuff that I was thinking of. Um, You know, the life and the death of Jesus was a gift. He did what he did and he said what he said, and he was so bold in his um, in the stances that he took and the things that he said to people. He was so bold. Um, he did that so that we could live free from oppression, whether that was religious rules and laws or that was societal uh, kind of uh, the way that the society was at that time whether it was the oppression of women, whether it was the oppression of a particular race of people, whether it was the oppression of you know, um, socioeconomic classes, Jesus lived and died and flat out told us that we were free, that we were free and we were allowed to live free. Now, I'm going to share a couple of examples with you um, about that. And I had an experience just recently with a new friend of mine. I was very excited about it. She was of a completely different culture, and I was just looking really, really forward to doing stuff with her. She had this vision of including me in some of her current media projects. She kept telling me that, you know, um, that we were we were related. I was the white version of her, and that we that I was the missing piece in what her plan was for these projects moving forward. And I really liked her, and I was excited. She was a believer, and had just just an incredible visionary woman with a remarkable story of redemption through God's work in her life. And so I was very, very excited about this. Well, we had a lunch meeting and, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I have big ideas all the time. Many of them are terrible and, you know, I just, they just keep coming. It's like this, it's like this wheel, (laughs) this rotating wheel in my brain of ideas that wrap around. Sometimes the same idea comes and sometimes they fall off because they're bad ideas and new new ones are created. But I always have ideas about everything really. And so she was, she was just casting this vision for all these things that she wants to do and all these beautiful things. And, um, while she was speaking, I had a vision of something and I, I knew that it might be, um, it might not be received well just because of what the idea was. And I, in no way, shape or form shared any political stance, any of my, any ideologies, what my preference was politically or anything I've learned, you know, those are just, those are really hot topics right now. Um, our nation has been polarized because of the media. And so I'm just careful. I never want to offend anybody and I don't want to stir that up. I I'm all about unity, reconciliation. I'm about, um, you know, (laughs) coming together with a lot of different diversity and ideas and thoughts and stuff. Right. So I, I don't believe in that division that, that the media has created in, in the world today. I don't believe in it. I believe it's a tool from the enemy. So I just, I won't tolerate it. And I won't allow somebody else's views, even if they're not the same as mine on almost any subject to cause me to, 
um, want to not be in relationship with them. I feel that being in relationship with people that don't share our same ideas, that don't look like us, that don't live like us, I believe that's, that is the epitome of love. And so I, I stand in that, right? I stand in that and I'm not, um, I'm not afraid of it. I'm not afraid of listening to other people's ideas, even if they oppose mine. So anyway, all that to say, that's kind of my belief system. So I shared an idea with, um, with this person and in, in the discussion, I mentioned, um, I mentioned the, the name of our president for just for sake of the idea and everything about our, the conversation shifted, even the look on her face shifted. And that ended our relationship because I brought something up about the president, which clearly she, you know, she didn't like him and didn't even want his name to be mentioned. And because I did mention his name in this idea that I had, um, it completely shifted her belief about me. And it really was um, eye-opening to me. And it was, and I was really, really sad about it. And I think that not just her, but so many people, especially today, especially in this time right now, as we enter another election cycle, um, so many people are stuck here. And, and so, so often it happens in the church. In particular right now, it's happening in the church again with the LGBT community. And matter of fact, two organizations that I'm involved with just recently and two within the same week um, came out and required that people involved with their organization sign a statement of faith that actually stands, uh, takes the stance, uh, and you have to sign a thing saying that you believe that uh, in only marriage between a man and a woman, that that is, you know, that is God's plan. And while I do wholeheartedly believe that God's design is for a man and a woman to engage in marriage and that, you know, he wanted us to procreate and fill the earth, right? I do believe that that's God's design. I do not stand in opposition of gay marriage. I have a gay son. I don't stand in opposition of gays. I don't think that being gay means that they're going to hell. And that's just my stance. And I stand firmly on that. But in the same week, actually within a period of nine days, I had this incident happen with this young, this young woman. And then I had both organi- two different organizations within a few days of each other require this, um, this signing of this statement of faith. And so it's so timely, I think, to, to share this message because I have said it a number of times before, what the enemy can separate, he can dominate. What the enemy can separate, he can dominate. And what he wants more than anything is to take away the gift that we were given. And that is the gift of being free. We are free to live in a place where we are not judging other people and that we can love them because the only judge, the ultimate judge is God. And he says here, the the first and most important commandment in the Bible is this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And the, the next one, which is just as important as the first is to love your neighbor as yourself. And so that is an all encompassing, that is an all encompassing statement. First and foremost, we are to give God everything, our heart, our mind, our spirit. And then we are to love others with that same love, right? And so it doesn't say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love other people that have the same beliefs as you, that look the same as you, that, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's kind of crazy to me. And while I understand that people feel that they have to put down these rules and these guidelines I believe with all of my heart that that is what the enemy wants. He wants these rules and guidelines and stuff. So um, Jesus came and this is, you know, again, my humble opinion. (laughs) 
you know, you don't have to agree with me and it's okay if you don't agree with me. I will still love you if you don't agree with me, but it will not shake what I believe because I have studied the word of God. I've studied it. I've done actual word studies. And so I take, I have two, I have a couple different Bibles and I use the website blueletterbible.com so, because I want to dive in to why things were said because of what they were dealing with at that time. And many times in the translations, um, there, I want to know what the original word was before it was translated into these different versions of the Bible. And I also want to know where else that word has, that specific word in its original form was used in the Bible. It gives you more context. And so I'll do that often if I'm struggling with something or really want to really, really dive in and understand what God's heart was in putting that particular thing in this book that we have to guide us through life, right? And so we have been given the authority through the death of Christ on the cross. We've been given the authority and actually the call to stand, to take a stand as an example of freedom, to live in joy to live in love, and to walk in grace. It's not just a gift that we were given, but it is a call on our lives. And I've said this a lot when I've talked about the gay community and my son. How would I ever expect my son to believe that there is a God in heaven who loves him and sees him as perfect, unstained, <laughs> sinless, clothed in white, that loves him unconditionally if I first don't show him that? And how do we expect other people in our lives, people that, that have different belief systems, that follow different uh, religious patterns, that come from different backgrounds, that live on the different side of town than you, that go to different churches than you, maybe they don't even go to church at all. How do you expect them to, be, to feel invited into this community of faith if you don't first show them the power and the freedom that you were given? It's, it's pretty crazy. When we make oppression our identity, we are negating the gift that we have been given. We are giving away our own freedom that we own. We own that. We were given it. We are free, so be free. I'm going to read the verse again. It is for freedom's sake that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. A yoke is like a weight. It's like something that you're pulling around with you. And when we engage in, and just like this thing that happened with me and this young lady, she talked a lot about um, ancestral slavery and things that people in her past, you know, ancestors of hers had dealt with and living under almost an oppression of the past. And I am white and I grew up white. I didn't, I do not have the personal experience of, of growing up black. I don't pretend to. I am empathetic, very empathetic of people that have been treated wrongly because of the color of their skin, because of their or sexual orientation, because of small-minded people that believe in things that are, that are actually evil from the enemy. My heart goes out to them. That is not my belief system. I think it is wrong. And I pray every day that as a, as a people, globally, as a people, we can treat people 
with grace and love regardless. So, so I want to, I, I want to make that clear. I'm not pretending to know something that I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the experience. I don't know the pain. I, I don't know. But I do know the empathy that I feel when I see this wrongdoing. I do feel it. I feel for them and I know it's wrong. But, but I also know this, that Christ lived and died so that we could stand in and enjoy and, and feel freedom. And you know what that also means? That means freedom from the past. It does. It means, it means letting go of these things that have held on to generations, generational curses of oppression. And I'm, I'm talking about all of it, okay? I'm talking about th- through, through race, through religion, through churches, through families, things that have been passed down generation to generation that we hold on to that literally divide people. They divide people groups based on the color of their skin. They divide people groups based on the denomination of church you go to. They divide families based on these religious rules that they they have told you that you need to live under. What the enemy can, can separate and divide, he can dominate. When you make oppression your identity, when you make, you know, living under this thumb of the of things of the past or these rules, you are negating the gift. I believe it's that we are called to be a living example of what freedom is and what it looks like. And when I was thinking about this, I kept seeing this picture in my mind. Do you remember being a kid and? What was your favorite part of school? If you ask any school-aged, like uh, elementary-aged kid, what's their favorite part of school? What do they all say? They all say the same thing. It's recess. <laughs> they don't want to sit in the classroom and learn. They can't wait till the door gets open and they get let out to the playground so that they can go run wild. <laughs> but, but the picture that I saw in my mind when I was thinking about this podcast and when God was really talking to me about this issue because I was being faced with it, literally, like, like three examples happened very, very close together and, and God was just showing me this, this sadness that so many people still walk and it's, uh, it's a lie from the enemy, it's oppression from the enemy because he does not want you to know the freedom that you have. And so here's the picture. I kept seeing a picture of this one thing in particular. It was being let, being let out of school, the last day of school, let's say you're in second, third, fourth grade for summer. Do you remember that feeling? The classroom was kind of warm. Kids were getting sweaty. Everybody was squirrely. Nobody was getting anything done. And the last couple of days of school, you weren't even doing work. You were like coloring and stuff. It was just like you were biding your time. And you would watch that clock and watch that clock on that last day of school. And as soon as the bell rang, you were out of there. And it was a feeling of joy and freedom and excitement and an expectation of, man, now we get to have some fun, right? That's the word picture that God gave me to share with you about this living example of freedom. Now, let's, let, me, let me take it even further because freedom is not a license to go do bad stuff. And I think that's what people that live under a fear mindset, they think, well, gosh, if you don't have rules, people are just going to do whatever. But, but here, that's not the truth. And as a parent, I know this because I've, with all three of my kids, my parenting style has adjusted and shifted because I've grown and changed and because all three of my kids are different and they require different things from me. But, but I will tell you this, allowing your child, um, kind of 
not to live under strict rules does not give them a license to go and do bad things. There's an expectation as a parent that I'm entrusting you. I'm entrusting you because I trust you. I know who you are. I know your heart. I trust that I don't have to tell you these rules again and again and again, that you're, you're going to make the right decision because as you're growing and maturing, you don't need the rules anymore. I've probably used this example before, but I'm going to use it again. And I heard my pastor use something similar, which I'll share to you. When I was um, working behind the chair as a stylist, once a year, I would take this awesome basic haircutting class to kind of take me right back to, to to the basics so that I would hone in on my skills and really perfect my skills in the basics. But, but once you know the rules about haircutting, the geometry of the head, you can go break the rules all that you want because you know the confines, you know what works and what doesn't work. And I heard my pastor say in church one time, he talked about the laws and the rules. And he was talking about how as we mature in our walk with the Lord, those rules, it's not that the rules don't apply. It's that you have evolved. You have emotionally and mentally, spiritually grown beyond the rules. So I don't, I have two adult children and one young adult woman. I don't have to put these rules in place to ensure that they're making the right choices when they go out into the world, that morally their compass is on track. Why? Because they've matured. They know. They have their own moral compass now. So as you're maturing in your walk with the Lord, these rules, these things that man keeps trying to oppress us with and tell us that we're bad and tell us that you're you're broken, you're wrong, you're a sinner... And I say, man, but the truth of the matter is it's the enemy because the enemy wants to keep you in a place of fear, of brokenness. He wants to keep you in a place of never realizing the power of the freedom that you were given. So it's not a license to go out and do bad things because the goal here is that you have matured and that the, and that the rules or, or who God is has so downloaded into you that you are changed, Right? You are changed. It's time for you to live out this freedom. This is, in my opinion, living out the freedom that God has given us in who he is, is the epitome of leadership. And others need to see you living in that place, living in joy and grace and freedom, accepting people and loving them where they're at, showing the unconditional love that Christ shows us every every day, by the way, every day, because you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. God forgives us every day for a multitude of things that we do. Yet it's so easy to point a finger at somebody else. The work of God is uh, the work of God is done by us here on earth. That we're that's what we're here for. We're here to show who he, he is through who we are, and His power and freedom is shown by the example of our lives. So let me ask you a question: Who in your life needs freedom? Who do you know? That in your life that needs the blessing of being set free from some of this stuff. Maybe it's generational oppression through their family. Maybe it's generational oppression because of the color of their skin. Maybe it's oppression from the church because of their lifestyle. Who knows? Who, who do you know that needs it? Who in your life will be set free through your leadership, your example? Freedom, truly being free, just like this says here, It is for freedom's sake that Christ has set us free. Freedom is the power to steward the promises of God. That's what freedom is. It's the power to stand in what he says about you in his word. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. It is amazing when you, and I have moments of it where I really feel it. 
where I can really feel that freedom. Most of the time, I feel it, I'm, I'm sure, on adult level. But I know for a fact that the enemy wants me to believe that being a true follower of Christ is about rules. It's about um, rituals <laughs> and pointing fingers at people. And I fight that. I won't do it. What I am going to do, what my role, my part in this <laughs> this big job here that I have while, while I'm here on earth, my part is to show love and to show grace and to keep talking about it and to walk in the freedom and to keep telling people about the freedom that they were given. That's that's what my part of my job is. Being a, an example, living in freedom is does not mean that you're some boring, judgy, stick-in-the-mud Christian person. That is not it at all. It's the actual opposite of that. <laughs> if you, What picture comes in your mind when you think of a really good, dare I say, Christian person? Well, what's that picture? <laughs> we need to shatter that. <laughs> what the enemy wants more than anything is to create a picture of what he says, this unattainable perfection that we don't have. Christ lived and died because he knows we can't do it. And all we have to do instead is love him, the Lord, our God, with all of our heart, with all of our mind, and with all of our soul, and love our neighbor as ourself. He doesn't tell us not to love ourselves. We were made in his image. He has a job for us to do. He wants us to. He wants us to treat ourselves as, as children of God but then he wants us to treat everybody else that way too. It's so, so powerful to me and so poignant at this time where you could pick up any newspaper, you could pick up any social media um, platform, you could turn on any news station and all you hear is more and more propaganda about dividing people. Dividing people on two different sides of the aisle here politically dividing people on two different sides of the aisle or three or four um, racially. <laughs> and I, I, refu- I refuse to sit in it. I won't do it. I won't play the game. I won't judge people regardless of their political beliefs. I won't judge people regardless of the color of their skin. I won't judge people regardless of the church that they go to. I'm going to continue to walk in my freedom that I was given. And I'm going to do what it says here. I'm going to stand firm and not let myself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Physical, emotional, spiritual, mental slavery. I refuse. I'm going to take a stand for you, and I'm going to show you what that looks like in my life. And I'm going to screw it up, I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sorry. Forgive me in advance for anything that I do that screws it up. But I'm going to do my very, very best to be a living example of what it is like to live under the umbrella of pure love. It's not a license for me to go out and do bad things to people under that. It is a license for me, for me to go out and wildly, radically love people and show them grace and teach them about this guy, this guy that I know, who sees you as perfect, who already knew what you were going to do before you did it. And he still said, come, you're invited. You are wanted. You are loved. That's what I want to do. And I really, really hope that this podcast hits somebody somewhere and like unlocks that door that probably your spirit has been telling you you need to unlock, but the world and the enemy are so loud that you should choose this and you should take a stand for this, that you just, it drowns out that, that voice. 
that the Holy Spirit has been whispering to you. Listen to it. It's freedom. And we are told that we were given that for freedom's sake. Do not take a stand. Do not go back. Stand firm. I'm going to read it one last time. I'm like beating this verse over and over on this podcast, but it is for it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Hey, it's right there in black and white. Stand firm, which means to me, it's going to take some effort to stay in a place of freedom. And boy, oh boy, especially in today's world where the enemy has used every possible avenue to divide people and create lines here and there and everywhere within churches, within families, within friend groups, within uh, socioeconomic groups, within races. Don't let that be the example that you live. Love everybody. If you're a Democrat, love Republicans. If you're a Republican, love Democrats, right? (laughs) I mean, let's just, let's just get to it. There's still people and, and guess what? God sees them as perfect, holy, blameless. And that's how we're supposed to act too. He doesn't say love the people that think the same stuff that you think and follow the same path that you think that you follow. He says, love everybody. Okay. I can do that. And I hope you can too. I appreciate you. Um, uh, hopefully I will uh, be able to break free <laughs> from the chaos that is my home right now and uh, get some more regular podcasting coming to you. I appreciate you so much. You know, the, I always tell you this, but the biggest compliment you could ever give me is to share my podcast with somebody else. Of course, I love it when you rate and review it. It helps the podcast to get seen more. Um, because it it makes it go higher in the algorithm. And if you have not already done so, um, please go on Amazon. Both of my books are there, Redefined by Michelle Schaefer and my network marketing book called The Residual Life. And if you've read them, oh my gosh, it would mean so much to me if you could do an Amazon review. All of that just helps the message to spread more. And uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you, um, the feedback that you do give me. It's easy to find me. I'm on social media, Teen Mom to Millionaire. Um, That's Instagram, my Instagram handle. And you can just find me, Michelle Schaefer, on Facebook. And if you send me a message, I'll write you back, for real. I'll do that. (laughs) I appreciate you. Thank you again for giving me 30 minutes of your time. Until next time. 